Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hello, welcome hey. <laughs> welcome to Great Lakes Confidential with Marty and Angie. Broadcasting live from our brand new studio, um, One Room Over. One, <laughs> That's the name of the studio, One Room Over. <laughs> one Room Over. <laughs> so, yeah, we got some new toys. We're both recovering from COVID. So the, the wheezing and sneezing is, uh, is going to be a part of the show. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. It's cool. We're not going to be able to get you sick from here, so. Yeah, we're recovering. That's pretty solid. I noticed in my voice when i talk too much like i feel great nothing's been like you know i'm coughing a little bit still but like for the most part i feel fine but i notice that when i get to talking too much i can out of breath yeah i can hear it in my voice and and it feels like i'm a little bit more out of breath than than normal so anyways yeah i haven't talked a whole lot so we'll see what happens yeah so this this might be a little bit shorter of a show but since we missed last week i wanted to make sure that we got something out we missed last week and we missed you we did yeah yeah it was a little lonely so welcome back and today we're going to talk, you know where Durand is, right? I sure do. Durand, Michigan. Durand. So, yeah, that's how my grandpa always called it, Durand. I had a friend who lived there, he used to call it Durand. Yeah, that's weird. I've always just known it as Durand, so mm-hmm. I like don't know. It's like how we say Detroit and some people say Detroit. And my grandpa said Detroit. <laughs> So, for those of you that don't know Durand, you're not familiar, it is a very small town, uh, somewhere between like Flint and Lansing. I actually went to high school there for a short time. My mom, my uncles, and my oldest son graduated from Durand High School. I was an outcast. I got bullied there a lot. I hated Mm. it. So, my memories of Durand aren't the greatest. (laughs) Screw Rand. But, I think like the worst thing about Durand truthfully i mean besides the bullies obviously in my experience but the worst thing about durand is that you will always forever get stuck by a train mm-hmm. doesn't matter the time of day doesn't matter the day of the week doesn't matter if it's holiday those trains are coming through you will get stuck it is a perfectly acceptable excuse and it's completely normal to be like yeah i was stuck by a train if you're late for something mm-hmm. and it's like everybody's like oh yeah 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 we got it ferndale is just like that too. it's the worst so like you would go down one road and get stuck by a train and you'll be like ah i'm so angry i don't have time for this and you turn around and try to get out mm-hmm. and it, another- it doesn't matter that train the town is so small mm-hmm. and there's so many trains coming through there that you will never find your way out mm-hmm. so <laughs> 
So anyways, so Duran, Michigan has about 30 trains that travel through the town every day. The Union, it's called Duran Union Station, and it's used by Amtrak twice a day, and it's CN's east-west main line between Port Huron and the Chicago area. CN also branches off of here to go to Pontiac and Detroit, and then HESR operates local freights to Saginaw and Bay City, and the Great Lakes Central also comes north through here from Ann Arbor on the way to Owasso and Cadillac. So it gives you a good idea of it's a major hub. Right. Did you say that was a passenger station, an Amtrak passenger station in in Durand? Yes. Freighters come through and it's a very small, it used to be much larger. I believe you used to be able to go there and actually purchase tickets there. But not anymore. Like, you can get on and off there, but it's not... It's not like in Ann Arbor where there's, like, a big station. Where right, yeah. right. It used to be like that, but it's it's since gotten a little bit smaller. So, Durand Union Station was built in 1903. At its peak, 42 passenger, 22 male, 78 freight trains pass through Durand on a daily basis. So, that's much more than the 30 that come through mm-hmm. now. It served almost 3,000 passengers each day. With such a large volume of trains heading through the town, it's not surprising that it was a location of two pretty serious train wrecks, which is what we're going to talk about today. So the same year the train station opened, which again was in 1903, a horrible wreck happened involving two trains with a total of about 70 cars from the Wallace Brothers shows, the traveling circus heading from Charlotte to Lapeer. Oh no. At about 3.45 in the morning, the first train pulled into the station and stopped at the west end of the yards on the main track. A red light was put out to signal to the second train that he needed to stop, but the air brakes failed and the engine crashed into the rear of the front train. Realizing the crash was inevitable, the engineer and fireman jumped from the train, escaping with minor injuries, but 23 people died and twice as many were injured. Several animals were killed, including an Arabian horse, three camels, one Great Dane, and an elephant named Maud, who rode a tricycle. The animals were buried at the location of the crash. That's horrible. What year did this happen? 1903. And uh, the location of the crash? Do we have, like, the crossroads and all that? just right in downtown. It was right near the train station, because the first train Mm -hmm. pulled into the station and turned light on because it had stopped and then the other train came through and hit that so it's right it's literally like if you i can't remember road names you know how i am with directions mm-hmm. you're coming downtown you come straight through the mm-hmm. one road and then it ends at like a crossroad another yeah. road and right there at the end of that is where the train station is okay. so if you're driving down that main road you're gonna see the train station and the trains were coming i'm gonna assume east to west or west to east whichever yeah, own from to charlotte, charlotte yeah. yeah charlotte to lapeer so they're coming west yeah west to east west to east and then would have hit right Right, like right there where that three-way stop is. Okay, is there a marker for uh, for the animals? I don't know that there's a marker for the animals. And the thing is, is like I never heard about these animals. Like, like I said, I went to high school there for a couple yeah. of years. My family, my mom and my uncles and everybody went to like they. So this is, you know, it's not like yeah. I just popped into Durand and was like, oh, I live here now. Like, my family has history right. there. So I have never heard of this. That's why I was so fascinated by it. Like, that's how many animals? Three, four, five, six animals. Yeah. And I mean, it shades of that other story we talked about weeks ago, the uh, the elephant buried out in yeah. Waterford in the mall parking lot. Yeah. Like, Michigan is just a, a burial ground for circus animals that died in tragic ways. Clearly. And, and people want to forget about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, at first I was like, why would you do that? Why would you? But then mm-hmm. I was like, well, what What else? Where else yeah. would you go you with this Get a new train and giant... load up the corpses. Right. And I'm sorry to be morbid, morbid about this, but they, for whatever reason, and also let's 
take it back to to 1903. Right. So these news articles that were out in the paper, because I saw actual clippings of them, right? The news clippings show that, like, they show photos. They're all black and white, and they're very mm-hmm. difficult to, like, make out exactly what's happening in the photos, but the descriptions of them, and it's like, um, why would you do that? They skinned the elephant before burying it. What would be the reason to do something like that? Make coats and boots and... Look, people were savages, right? Like, you think about one of the first feet... first films ever made or you know moving pictures ever made was thomas edison electrocuting an elephant oh that was well, actually I didn't one of that. the first that's weird he was trying to demonstrate how dangerous uh um nikolai tesla's direct current was oh my god and so he electrocuted an elephant they did it on film that's super yeah, i mean that's that was the time i hate to say it you know people had zero respect for for animal life and yeah probably only just a little bit more for human life yeah that's super creepy and bizarre i mean yeah. i i understand burying these animals where they lie because what else are you i mean right. they're giant it's 1908 it's not like you 1903 1903 but yeah. yeah yeah and you know that part i understand i just can't figure out the skinning of the elephant and i'm really sorry for anybody listening and you know that's super yeah. gross i apologize but what the f <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm sure it was along the lines of like we can use this skin for book covers. We can maybe, yeah. You know, I mean, you see, you've seen like crazy things made out of elephant parts. I mean, in addition to the ivory, yeah. I've seen you know stools made out of elephant legs and feet. And oh my god! Yeah, it's you know big game hunters. That's super what they gross. Do. So back to the story. Ooh. I should note that some reports claim that 22 people died, others say 23, another says 22 died on the scene, and four died after being transported to a hospital in Detroit. It is thought that up to 100 people were injured, but then I saw the reports that say way more than that. So, reporting in 1903... People died, people were injured. Yeah. It was definitely a a mass casualty event. It was, yeah. That that we haven't really spoken about before. No, I've never even heard about this before. So, a temporary hospital was set up at a hotel in Durand, and doctors from around the county came to assist. Local townspeople came to the scene and helped remove the dead and care for the injured as well. The tracks were cleared and service was restored by 9.30 that night. So this wreck was easily one of the worst in our state's history and possibly the whole country in 1903. Mm-hmm. To add to the horrific nature of the crash, some of the bodies were unidentifiable. So the bodies lay in state for several days while people across the country came to view and hopefully claim loved ones. But 10 bodies were left unclaimed and buried at Lovejoy Cemetery, which is just west of Durand. Eventually, one of those bodies was claimed and moved to New York. In Lovejoy Cemetery, there's a large monument for those buried there that reads, In memory of the unknown dead who lost their lives in the railroad wreck of the Great Wallace Show's August 6th, 1903. So it's like Duran's own little showman's rest. Yeah. And also just to kind of throw this out there too in case anybody else researches it. Some stories say that it happened August 6th. I've seen other stories that say August 7th. The majority say August 6th. So, you know, I tried to get my facts right, but just just to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. There's some discrepancies. But again, record keeping in the 1900s, early 1900s, you know. So, in It is weird when Carney's die like it has got to be kind of hard to like find the families you know right well what the, no that's the amazing malenko well what was his first name nobody amazing knows. Well, i don't know you think about it's not like that computer files anywhere 
I watch a lot of very old true crime shows, and mm-hmm. I I'm obsessed. Dateline, London. I really am obsessed with, especially like old old crimes like that. You know, like the uh, what's his name, H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Like really intrigues me because it's like these people were able to get away with so much because unlike today where our cell phones are literally tracking our every moves yeah. and you these know dudes can change their names on a whim exactly so you have to wonder like how many of these people were and this is just my fantastical brain making stuff up like oh my god how many of these people were on the lamb you know how many of these people were serial killers that decided to take off and join the circus and and now they've died in Durand in this car crash, and there's this whole other level yeah. of of crazy history to these <laughs> to these stories that we'll never find out. Or like, how many people came and were like, "Oh yeah, that's my dead brother," but he was a real piece of mm-hmm. crap person. So we're not gonna, you know, like we know of all of his crimes, and we're not gonna claim him. You know what I mean? Like. The possibilities are really right. endless for how many people just weren't claimed because they died in clown makeup and no one knew who they were. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's that. Also, how again, getting very morbid. I apologize. This is just who I am. How mangled were some of these people? And you think about there wasn't. It wasn't like there was DNA. It right. wasn't like there was. You know, well, there was DNA. There just wasn't a way to but you, identify yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, there was. It. There wasn't DNA science. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't fingerprint science. There wasn't. I mean, there may have been fingerprint science in the early 1900s. I really don't know. No, it was all but, like racial science. That's the worst part about it. Like if you saw the list of the dead, they'd probably just be identified by ethnicity. Yeah, exactly. So there wasn't like a whole lot going on to even try to figure out who these people were. Yeah. It was like this is a dead body come and take a look and if you recognize this person maybe it's your loved one maybe mm-hmm. it's not you know I, I like the whole just all of it is so crazy and and fascinating and we'll probably never like this is a mystery that we'll never solve you yeah, know what I mean, I mean I hate to say it doesn't seem like it's that urgent to be solved either it's no been no around for some years. this is something that happened but may they rest peacefully yeah I mean this is something that happened and everybody just kind of you know it, it they erected a monument they did what they could at the time to find you know who owned these people that's not you know what i mean right who the, uh, never mind right. i was about to say who these people belong to but i yeah <laughs> you know i mean who they're the relatives family yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. so i read a story about this that stated that the train was moving the train that was moving was going at about 15 miles per hour which doesn't really seem that fast but you know for a train i don't know like if i'm driving 15 miles an hour in my car it doesn't feel fast but i imagine if i was to hit somebody mm-hmm. or something at 15 miles per hour you know there'd be well, some it's also damage the, the mass and inertia behind that 15 miles right. an hour like you're you're dragging how many you know hundreds of tons of stuff yeah at we're 15 talking miles an hour 70 pl- yeah. cars 70 train cars so right exactly so like 70 tons at least just right. plowing into something yeah at exactly. a steady pace i mean you gotta slow all of that down right right so the one story claimed that despite the engineer saying that the air brakes failed the railroad superintendent said that they weren't applied at all so multiple I lawsuits multiple lawsuits came from this wreck grand trunk rester this is a mouthful grand trunk western railroad company and benjamin wallace who was the proprietor and owner of the great wallace, ben wallace show also one of the great pistons were they were sued for the death of john thompson 
Five other lawsuits were filed against Grand Trunk on behalf of employees for injuries sustained. Benjamin Wallace also sued the railroad company, stating that the company assumes, quote, all responsibility and risk of the loss of life or injury and damage while transporting the trains between two points. Engineer for Grand Trunk, Charles Probst, was blamed for the wreck in a court of law. Under oath, Probst stated, quote, I did everything possible to stop the train, but the air brakes failed completely, end quote. Officials believed Probst could have stopped the train in time to avoid serious consequences, further claiming, quote, Probst knew that he was coming into a yard where trains usually stand and take in coal and water. The rules say plainly that engineers shall approach such yards with the trains under control. A brakeman sent back by the first train warned him of the danger about three quarters of a mile before he arrived to the standing section. For nearly half a mile before he got to the first train, the track is straight and clear, and he should have been able to see the red light on the back of the train ahead in time to stop his train. End quote. So the jury deliberated for about three hours, returning with a verdict that stated the wreck was caused by the failure of the air brake system on the second section to work, which in turn could have been detected by the engineer if he had paid attention to the air gauge. The jury also concluded that if the circus cars that were provided by the Wallace brothers were correctly fitted with the correct handbrakes, this accident could have been avoided. Propes was found guilty of negligence, but I was unable to find what sort of a punishment there was, if any. In an official report by Superintendent W.G. Brownlee, quote, Engineer Probst states that his air brakes worked all right in Lansing, where he took water, and that he had no occasion to use it again until he was flagged west of Durand, where he found that the train was not charged with air. The five sleepers in the rear of the second section were found standing about two coach lengths from the end of the train after the accident with the draw head and one of the cars jammed in, indicating that it had been broken apart by the accident and rebounded when the train stopped, which is evidence that the brakes were not applied. The air brakes on the train have since been tested and found to be in perfect condition. See? They let this guy off lightly. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't understand what all of those words mean, but I'm assuming it means <laughs> that the train car was standing on end, yeah. right? So, One of them was. Yeah. Two of them. So it's like really serious. I mean, 15 miles per hour, again, like I said, didn't sound like very a very fast speed, but clearly, I mean, if the train Steady was... Steady speed with a lot of mass behind it. I yeah. Mean, it definitely you could see it flipping up i mean if it was going faster that all that would just be right off the tracks it probably would have disintegrated the entire first train you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. poof like dust nothing it's just just flaming tire tracks like back to the future honestly and then you got this probes guy in 1984 trying to get his i don't know anyways yeah so that's the story of the wallace the wallace brothers train wreck that I that I knew nothing about. So. Me neither, and I'm fascinated now because, uh, like I said, we're finding out more and more about circus disasters, mm-hmm. mass burial grounds of circus types, carnies and their animals all across Michigan. It's a killing field, really. It's just bananas. It's really I'm blown away, but I love it. I mean, Your that's town why we're is doing built this. on carny bones. This is you could write a song. I have. Oh, good. So. The other wreck on the history books for the Durand area was the Knights Templar disaster, which happened in June of 1923 when five people lost their lives in a train derailment between Durand and Vernon. So I don't know if you know Vernon. Vernon is a village between Durand and Corona. Mm -hmm. Very small. I think they might have a party store there. They used to, at least when when I was younger, but not much happening in Vernon. So very small village. The train goes through there 
there, clearly. So, a Masonic meeting in Flint was the reason for this special train to be traveling on these tracks. It was specified that the only members of the Order of the Knighthood be chosen to make up the crew. All were engineers by trade. The train left Grand Rapids carrying delegations from Muskegon and Grand Rapids and made stops at Ionia and St. John's along the way, picking up additional masons. At about 9.30 in the morning, it came upon a split track at Clark's Crossing in Durand. The engine and tender left the rails and turned over. The second passenger coach rammed the first one, but the cars remained upright. After several investigations by the U.S. Bureau of Safety of the Interstate Commerce Commission, it was decided that poor track conditions and speed were to blame. The train was running late and traveling in excess of 50 miles per hour, causing it to jump the tracks. The report also stated the bed of the tracks, which was formed by gravel, had disintegrated over the past 25 years. In a strange coincidence, it's been noted that if one was to view the wreckage from above, they would have seen a perfect formation of the Knight Templar Cross. Wow. As far as I've as far as far I've been able to tell, no charges were brought against anyone. Did anyone die in that one? Yeah, five people, oh. five people died. There is a plaque, uh, one of those green, you know... Historical, historical markers. Historical markers is... Where some masons died but yeah. not one for the carnies no there's there may be some i can't say if there's anything there for the wallace brothers or not because i don't i've never i don't remember ever seeing anything over there when i was growing up and they i didn't read anything you know aside from the monument at lovejoy but yes so very you know very short story but yeah knights templar and five people died and then I, like the the cross thing is kind of yeah, kooky yeah a little little eerie so especially since like the templar's cross is more of in a square shape i believe they, so it's like this yeah. all had to be like kind of yeah. mashed together like you could think of, you could see a cross like if it was a long train like mm-hmm. oh, it's it a little mangled at the top looks like a cross but no they yeah to just kind of compress it all into like a yep. square shape Ooh. it's just yeah super crazy so those are my train wreck stories for today fantastic we'll go make some more today yeah train i am wreck. i am a train wreck for sure we both are right now totally so yeah that's it that's it for great lakes confidential for today so great lakes covidential great lakes covidential don't forget to check out the other shows on joy road media i am super super excited because we've got a new one coming out on april 1st it is the sister show to this one it's called great lakes celebrates and where we focus mostly on the places and the history of michigan on great lakes confidential great lakes celebrates is going to focus on the people of michigan and and why they you know they're so radical and why everybody i love this idea by the way i'm so proud of you for putting it together thank you thank you really looking forward to hearing it yeah it's really exciting we've got just like such a diverse group of people that we've interviewed we've interviewed the a woman who owns the only black owned yarn shop in detroit Mm -hmm. she's fascinating and amazing and just so inspiring We talked to a woman who is a former victim of sex trafficking and who is now helping victims. Mm -hmm. We talked to a guy who helps to train dogs that are then used in crisis situations literally around the country. Artists, musicians, I mean, it's, I am, I just get so excited. (laughs) 
talking about it and thinking about it we have a really g- a great host her name is elena gonzalez she's a friend of ours and co-host mike bobbitt which is the co-founder to joy road media i'm just it's i'm just thrilled it's so, gonna be fantastic we really hope you listen yeah subscribe yes Hit like and subscribe listen yes and follow us on social media great lake celebrates does have a facebook page that's as far as i've gotten but april 1st which i believe is like next week I don't know. You should know. Oh, this is your shoot. schedule. I have zero concepts of time. So on that note, I guess I should get going and start working on my other show. Probably. <laughs> All right. So Pulling you guys, double duty. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. So glad that you're that you've come back, even though we were missing last week. I was worried you would find a better show to listen to, but not until April first. Is that even possible? <sighs> I don't know. Anyways, all right, we're gonna head out. So we will talk to you guys later. Text us when you get home. Great Lakes Confidential Sisters Show, Great Lakes Celebrates, will be available for your listening pleasure on April 1st, 2022. A podcast with a late-night talk show format, Great Lakes Celebrates will feature the people of Michigan, showcasing the fun, interesting, hardworking, talented folks that make our state the best in the Midwest. Are you a person that fits into one or more of those categories? Now is the time to toot your own horn. Send an email to contact at joyroadmedia.com and let's schedule an interview. Hosted by Elena Gonzalez with co-host Mike Bobbitt, this show is guaranteed to make you want to celebrate.